Now that I've done that, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome up your first guest of the evening. Uh, he's a man who has uh, like been absolutely blowing apart the industry over the last couple of years. He's got four Comics Choice nominations. Uh, I have one, which seems to imply he's four times better than me. Uh, we'll argue about that during the podcast. But ladies and gentlemen, he's, he's an absolutely hilarious man. The wonderful Alfred Adrian. Hello! Oh, yeah. Okay. This feels so cool. <laughs> I feel like yeah. I'm on Oprah. It's, it's a bit different. Um, <laughs> Alfred, I, I, I tell everyone that I call you the, uh, the Paris Hilton of SA comedy because you've Is opened for everyone. Is that what you say everyone. behind my back? No, no. Yeah, no, I, I'll t- I'm telling you now. Yeah, yeah. I, I call you that because you've opened for everyone. You literally you open for... I'm uh, stopping. I'm retiring my <laughs> opening game. <laughs> After, I'm stopping. I'm actually physically, literally, all those things. I'm stopping opening for people. Oh, really? Okay, because you just you just opened. I've for done John. all. Yeah, no. I this is it. For, this is it. John was the last okay. one. I'm not begging people to have a little bit of stage time there at their show anymore. Why did he not pay you? Is that no, what it was? No, no. John's none of known the, for that. This is what people don't know. No, no, none of these people pay you. Oh, really? They okay. never pay you. It's just an opportunity to, you know, do the thing in front okay. of a big audience that don't know you. It's lovely. Yeah. And no, also, well, this is going to change your life. Like, if you think opening for John, it's very changed. similar to this. Yeah. Yeah, this, thing, this thing is definitely going to change your life. But wh- wh- why did you why did you hustle yourself to get to that position where you were the guy that was opening for all the uh, all the acts? I mean, you've done a lot. Like, uh, who've you opened for so far? I've opened for well, the big ones in my mind, and that's only because I come from the Eastern Cape and I'm a small town boy. Which I looked up to people that were on TV, so I wanted to open for them. So I opened for Joey. I think that was my first very big one in my mind, and. Then I opened for Mark, which was a huge deal for me. It's Joey Rajdeen and Mark Lottering for the, yes. the normal people. Joey Rajdeen and then Mark Lottering, which was a huge one for me because Mark was a part of my mind shift early in my career. Well, early in my days before I even thought of this as a career. And then, then John. John is a big one as well for me, at least. Okay, good, good, good. All right. Now, now I the just call them up and the, big, really. But, but the thing the, is... Like, I'm surprised how stunningly popular this has made you, like this opening thing. You did, I was talking to your wife, your wedding was on top billing. Yes. Like, do you know how fucked up that is? Like, normally you have to be a Springbok rugby player or do, to get your wedding. Or be Patricia Lewis, like, you know, flashpoints. <laughs> yeah, how did, you, how did you hook that up? I want to know. You, you, know, know, what, so. you know what happened was, uh, they came to me and they asked, would I be interested? Then I was like, what? Because I share everything on Facebook, you've okay. noticed. So they came to you. They came, like somebody came, they said, listen, would you be interested? And I spoke to my wife, well, my then fiance, but now wife. Right. Then I said, what do you think? She said, hell yeah. <laughs> Those other motherfuckers must know. Um, so that's how it started. And I never thought it would be real. But then closer and closer to the time, I sort of went, are you guys still interested? And they said, yeah, no, it's in the books. Wow. And that's how it happened. It wasn't like a, it also didn't, because it happened a little bit, and I hate to be arrogant, but it happened a little bit with l- very little effort. Okay. We forget 
that the SABC needs content. Who else is going to have a wedding that month that is even moderately famous? No one ever... When last did you see somebody on, on, on top billing that you knew he was? No, you're right. You're absolutely so right. So they just go, oh, this brother's going to have a nice wedding. I think the but actual question is, when did you last see top billing? That's what yes! I, that's the actual... Who still watches that? My <laughs> grand... You, man. Oh, you remind me so much of my aunt. My aunt used to watch the hell out of top billing. Yeah. Anyway... Okay, but was it weird having them there and filming everything? Was that like a strange... It, it, it was frustrating. Okay. Because in the beginning, I, th- I, thought it, I thought it would be a great thing. But I wanted her to have a great day, right? And I thought, you know, I want to have fun and I'm going to have fun so that she has even more fun. And then when they rocked up, there are certain things that happen that you don't realize. It's a camera. It's an extra camera crew right. that goes, wait. No, wait. Can we dress up? Take your jacket off. Take, put your jacket oh, back on. Geez. It's that on your wedding day. Right. There's enough problems. It's starting to rain, you know, and you paid fucking 9,000 rand to hire these fucking chairs. You don't right. give a shit. Now he wants you to take off the kitty bow. What? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's quite And then at your after party, you weren't even allowed to puke in your lap like a decent groom. Like no, I, I puked. She didn't even know about it. It was a silent one, a tactical. <laughs> you know, when you do a tactical chanda, just go into the bathroom, wah, come back. So what you're saying is like top billing nothing. somewhere. They yeah. didn't even know. <laughs> That's good. I've got to be honest. I didn't, I didn't watch You dirty bastard. You call, you ma- you call I, yourself I watched, my friend. I watched, I watched the trailer. Oh, hang on. Let's address that. I, uh, I watched the trailer and I saw that uh, Deep Fried Man was there. John Vlismas was there. I mean, Werner Klute was there. Like, was, let me, let you me didn't put you, in did enough you, work. Did you know that I had a gig that day? Or what was like, is that, like, where was my invite? What happened was you didn't put in enough work. Okay. That's okay. what happened. All right. I loved you a lot. And I've put in the effort, and then okay. I saw there was nothing, there was no okay. reciprocation until today. Okay. Now, well, let's, let's hope, Elfie, that I make it. On our 20-year anniversary, baby. Put water on. Yeah, let's hope that I make it to the next wedding then, shall we? Ah, um. She will <laughs> choke you, eh? Don't fuck around with my wife. She'll break you. She's, from the, she's been, no, she's been living in the Cape Flats. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so we mentioned briefly in the, in the kind of opening, the pre-stuff before the, uh, the podcast, that you've been nominated for four Comics Choice Awards. Is that right? Is that like a fact? Is that That's a real right. Thing? That's a fact. Nominated four times and one... I've been nominated four times and you... You'd, you see, this is what people don't know about Warren. He doesn't need to be drunk to be a little bit of an arsehole. <laughs> He came up to me, fuck, he was, I can swear on this thing, right? Yeah. He was sober as hell. Comes up to me and says, don't worry, I know, I voted for you, but you, I, I would be bitter too. <laughs> I was like, you knew I was going to fucking lose. I've lost four times. I'm this year, I'm actually hoping deep down inside that they don't nominate me. I'm tired of fucking pretending like it's okay. Don't worry, we won't. We won't. It's no, fine. don't worry. Like no, we, no, listen, we're we're uh, over that now. We've yeah. realized we're not backing a winner. Um, <laughs> what a... You see, no alcohol in this bastard. When you bleed, it falls on the ground. Fucking nothing grows. But, but here's the thing I like about you, though, Elf. You started, you started recovery quite late. Now you're like 33 now, right? I'm 34. 34 started, now, yeah. I started when I was like 29, 28, 29. Yeah, yeah you see, I also I started at 27. So it's also it's like a, yeah, it's quite, it's quite late. Why oh, did you start? What was the thing about why, starting late? Why, why, did, why, why I, did it take you that long to realize? Because I come from a family that didn't have the opportunities that I had. And so that is a prison in itself. Because then they think, you're so lucky to be able to study. You must do studying. And, and then you think to yourself, fuck, I hate this. You know? Yeah. I absolutely hated studying. I, if I had to go back, I would have done stand-up from day one. But also there, was, there, were, there were benefits to studying. 
and and it's created the person I am today. So I think that it probably all worked out the right way. But the reality is, is that my parents, my father, mother, they were really adamant that I needed to do something and study. And then I went. And I was a very diligent kid. I'm a very, like, I listen to my parents kind of kid. I never, I didn't, like, for example, I never put my finger on a alcohol bottle before I was 20. You're I a was liar. bad guy. You're a dirty liar. Is Dude, I didn't drink. I studied my ass off. To me, it felt like if I didn't get an education, the world was going to be shut. I'm going to work in a field. That's how it felt. Because yeah. I also came from a place where that was in abundance. I came from a small town in, in the Eastern Cape called Hanky. So it was a lot more poor people. To, to, you know, the, the chances that you were going to end up bad was high. So I studied my Murov, brah. I worked really hard. And then I got this BCom and I hated it. I hated it because I thought that was the best thing I should have done to make money. It wasn't about what do you love. What? Ask a colored mother. No, mom, I want to take a gap here. I'm taking your money and go overseas. <laughs> and see what she tells you. You'll find your fucking self in a Foshini working <laughs> That's what happens, you know? So that's how it, I, I eventually... And I failed a hell of a lot because I didn't like what I was doing. I hated it. So I did a business science at UCT. I got a scholarship. I went to so many scholarship exams. People don't know this. I've always believed that work is the thing. So I would go and apply... I applied to like, I think about 50 to 100 of them, 50 to about 75 of these things. I had a standard template. I wrote to everyone. Can I get a scholarship? Can I get, went to all the scholarship tests, jumped into cabs, taxis, all these things. And I actually won two of them. And the one was a full ride to UCT. And my parents could, have, could not have been prouder. And that first year, I hated every fucking second of it. And I failed on my ass. And I got picked. I flew there because they flew me there. And my dad came to pick me up in a fucking van. <laughs> it's horrible, that tumble. <laughs> and then for the years after that, I went to university. And I still fucking hated it. And then eventually, I just like, I knew that I would not get out of this prison unless I buckled down, finished. And then hopefully get a job. Maybe it'll be better. And it wasn't better. And I then you it. got a job and screwed all that up as well. I fucking hated it. The worst <laughs> thing, The worst thing about me is is that I've got a work ethic that will make me pretty successful at most things. I'm the kind of guy that I'm not the best in the room, but I'll fucking outwork you. And because I outwork you, it's a prison to be in a job, dude, that you fucking hate. And then make a good living out of. And every time you want to leave because you don't like it, they go, don't go. Here's more money. It's prison. But in the end, you told me you told me you left your job to to, to become in a grand comedian, fashion. But you left it like a. I left in grand like fashion. A, I left. Fuck this! I'm pissing on the table. I'm fucking off. It got to that point. So I worked my way up. I started at like three very prominent businesses, which I won't mention on the podcast. I can, I guess. No, don't, don't. Can't. Can't. No, they don't give me major any money. businesses. Major <laughs> businesses. And it was the kind of job that everyone that I was in my graduate graduate class. Everyone wanted. When I got this job, again, couldn't have more proud parents. And that's the worst thing because I want my parents to be proud. And even once, it makes me want to cry now because I feel sorry for that dude. So got the jobs I loved. I, like people loved and I didn't. And I just did very well at them. And for 10 years, I just went from pillar to pillar. Just did better and better and better and better and better until I ended up at a place where I had a fancy car and a, and a house. 
and big medical aid and I was flying to Belgium for meetings. Hated every fucking second. And then one day, I found comedy in the middle there. And then just, this was the thing, you know? It was like light. And I would put in even more work at that. So uh, my thing was, I'll be the hardest working comedian that even though I have a day job. And I outwork people every night. Just fucking beg people for spots. Begged you for spots. Begged everyone for spots. Parkers, anybody that would have me. And then I just did that all the time. Until I became good enough that they started paying me. And then I had the conversation with my father. Now, this is my dad. Dad, I'm doing this comedy thing. Fantastic, boy. Just remember your day job. It's like, don't fuck it up. Don't work on a Sunday. Because then Monday, just know you're not going to be groggy. Then you're going to lose your job. Because they don't live in... Because my dad was a businessman. He did very well. My parents were very successful people. But they, my dad dropped out of school. My mother was a teacher because that was the only option. So for them, you having a private sector job with a degree was... They'd made it for you. You know, you're going to be okay now. And they just didn't want me to fuck that up. So essentially what happened was every, like, my father would be very discouraging, but encouraging. You know, it's like, you know, in like, oh, great, fantastic, follow your dreams, but just watch your day job. What that tells a child is, especially a child that's like me, is, listen, you're going to fail at this. Don't do this. So a child, and then I tried to prove that wrong. And eventually I called my dad Every time I made a paycheck, and then the paychecks got bigger until the paycheck got so big where he went, fuck it, tell them you're taking the day off tomorrow. <laughs> so that shift was great, and then eventually comedy took me out, saved my fucking life. So how did you quit? This I is walked, the question asked. That is a big thing. Okay, so how I quit? You say, oh, we can fucking go on. <laughs> um, I quit on one day I walked in, and I was the marketing manager for this business for Africa and the Middle East. So I had a big job. There was a lot of people that depended on me, and it was January. I just moved in with my fiance, like a week in. And now she got married to a, a corporate uh, guy, high up in management. And then a week after that, I said, listen, uh, I got this huge gig. I've gone, I have to do it for three months. There's no way they're going to give me off. Can I, I'm going to leave my job. Is, is that okay? And she was, okay. Yeah, no, we'll make it work, which was fantastic. But it was fucking scary. So I walked into the office and I asked for a sabbatical for three months. Still wanted to hold on to the lifeboat. And then the guy said, not a fuck. But then he also said, and it was funny because me and this guy worked at a different business together. And then he walked in the office and he said, Alfred, you know, the reality of things is, is that I could give you the sabbatical. But in two months, by the looks of things, you're going to ask for another one. Sometimes you've got to break eggs to make an omelet. You've got to leave. He told me that. Off the record. Said, you got to leave. Then I said, fuck it. I'm not coming in tomorrow. Then he understood, but the rest of the management team was fucking angry. So I left that day, left my laptop, left a note, thank you, and fucked off. Good job. No benefits, fuck you. They send me a letter, they're going to sue me. (laughs) That's what happened, but they never did. Brilliant. Okay, now here's the thing that I think it's important that I do now, uh, because that was quite a long story, and I sort of fell asleep in the middle. Um... (laughs) <laughs> but your mother was crying. <laughs> no, my mother always cries when she sees me on stage. <laughs> it was um, emotionally beautiful. Yeah. Okay, so this is, this is what I call first aid questions. These are cool. very important questions. Cool. Most of which I got off of Yahoo questions. Uh, does my cat know I'm masturbating? My cat? No, but my dog does. <laughs> I don't have a cat. Have you ever done a murder? I've killed animals. I've never killed anybody. 
Okay. But I, I know I planned it out. If I'm going to kill someone, I'm going to bury them in a mortuary. It, like at a burial ground. Because who the fuck's going to go in there? First of all, South African cops are fucking scared of ghosts. No one's going <laughs> to go in there while I'm digging the hole. Plus, when they find the body, they're just going to think, ah, oh, this bra's dead. We just hit a coffin. That's all. Are you sure you want to say no to I've never done a murder? Like you, that's way <laughs> too much detail. Detail plan. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a question that, like it's going to be boring most of the time and yeah. then one day, yeah. one, one famous comedian is going to go, yes, and he's going to break down here yeah. and then Can fame I? for me on my podcast. I cut his <laughs> that's hands how it's going to work. Yeah. Okay. Would you rather shit yourself in public once a week or spend your life married to someone who has a pineapple for a head? Shit myself in public once a week. <laughs> I can always wipe that shit over the wet wipe. It's fine. <laughs> I can't kiss a fucking pineapple. <laughs> shit. No, it's just a pineapple for a head, though. Yeah, but know. still. I mean, you know. Everything else is there. You know. How hot is she? Like, like banging body. No, just I'm, a pineapple for a head. Then I'm taking the pineapple fuck <laughs> like, Why, did you want me to say, yeah, she's fat, and then no, that would have changed your no, answer? No, if she's fat, fuck her. But if she's hot, I can work with it. You know what I mean? That's how it is. It is what it is. <laughs> Yeah, that's normal. It's like, that was my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about some of your toughest gigs because that's my favorite thing to talk to comedians about is toughest their toughest gigs. gigs. Oh, it's the stuff I want to, yeah, it's the, I want to know about when, when things went badly for you because now we've heard about like what a massive success you are in life. Yeah, thank you. Let's hear about all your but favorites. But you know is we, we fucking die all the time. Every, every now and then, every time you think you're amazing, you fucking die. But I think the worst, couple of worst gigs for me were, one day I walked on very arrogantly, didn't walk in, didn't look at the crowd, just walked backstage of Parker's. Walked out with, at that time, nothing but dirt in my set. And not uh, mature enough as a comedian to sort of have a breath of work, and to understand a room properly. Walked in, all of these just old aunties with purple hebra. I died on my ass so hard. You know when you want to go home and shower and cry? I was that one. Another one was, I went to Baba Jay's, and the guy before me bombed so hard, they threw him with a bottle, and it knocked him the fuck out. <laughs> then they said, and next up, Alfred Adrian! <laughs> it was fucking horrible, I was so scared. But I've died many times, bro. You know how it is. You die, you die a million deaths. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's the ones, did the old aunties punch you though? That's they what just, I want to know. They did worse than that. They looked at me with disappointment, which reminded <laughs> me of my, both my grands had that purple ear. You know that purple ear, they make it in a mix and a little these little the saucer and they do their, that made me think of them. I was like, fuck. That just rejection, it was horrible. <laughs> they hated me. You could see they were here. They were pursing lips like. You, t- you take this far too personally. You know, they'll be dead soon. It's not them you need to worry about. Half of them are probably dead. That was three yeah, years you don't, ago. You don't have to worry about their opinion. You need to worry about somebody who's going to live for 60 years. You opinion, see, that's right? what happens when you become a mediocre or a comedian like Warren. You don't care about <laughs> everyone. That's what happens. I'm giving you advice here, my boy. Care about what they think. <laughs> cool. So why does steam come out of my vagina? <laughs> why does steam come out of my vagina? Why does steam come out of your vagina? Yes. That is the question. Why does steam come out of my vagina? Because that's, that's how hard you've been fucked by Al Prodgers. It's <laughs> just fast. Al Prodgers look like he's faster than your vagina. Then it comes out. Steve comes out. Yes, I don't want to know why that guy picked, like, leapt into your mind at that point. That's I weird. I know. I'll tell you. Off your ear. Yeah. If, uh, if you could travel back in time and you couldn't kill baby Hitler, yeah. which baby would you kill? Which baby would I kill? Shit! 
So many of them I'd love to fucking kill. Which baby would I kill? Hey man, I can't say the real one. My wife would disown me. Um, which baby would I kill? Give me a minute, give me a minute, give me a minute. Shit, there's so many. Uh, <laughs> the guy that started fucking um, that theater, the, 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 the barnyard. I'll kill that fucker. <laughs> I'd kill the owner of the barnyard. It feels like there's a story behind that. It's not just because they put on shitty productions. It's because it's shitty productions. Oh, okay. okay, all right. It's shitty productions and it's a slave ship. Those poor dancers, you see, they don't want to be there. Ten, year, ten years from now, I bet you you're singing Michael Jackson songs. Fuck <laughs> you. You're going to be singing Michael Jackson songs in my place in LA, motherfucker. <laughs> Good. Magnificent. That's wonderful. Um, why specifically, I mean, the, the hatred of the Barnyard Theatre? Have you performed at the Barnyard? Yes. And every time I've performed at the Barnyard Theatre, it has been an event, so it's been a different thing, which was a lot of fun. Okay, so like a charity. But when event, I look yeah. at all my friends that work at the Barnyard Theatre, I go, oh, man. This is fucking slavery. Friends of yours who are now going to listen to the podcast. Yeah, no, 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 I told them already. So disown fine. you. Why, which ones are your friends? Elvis? I've sure. got a couple of them. Yeah, the guys that play the same thing and they replace each other. And they never change the outfits, eh? What the fuck? And everyone has that pizzas with the beers. And then people start clapping. And it's horrible. We all know we're just there to get a little fucked. My favorite guy in those shows is the one who plays Freddie Mercury and Shakira. That's some fucking talent. is what Bra- you're like. <laughs> and the fake, the guy that drinks the fake apple ties liquor and then has to play like he's getting drunk as the night goes on, but horribly. <laughs> you know, you, you know that the one person who laughed at that like books these gigs. <laughs> yeah. like, you know that that's what's happening. That's because she's part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. You We're know that. Slay your friends tonight. Yeah, you know, you know that. Look at ev- your, then everyone's gonna look for her at a fucking funeral at a, at a <laughs> cemetery because that's why I said was gonna bury them. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> finally, given that you're, you're such a success and you're good at the marketing, how do I get YouTube to come and film me? How do you get YouTube to come and film me? It's so easy nowadays. Be a fucking complete idiot. Those guys get filmed by YouTube. I've noticed that there's kids, man, that just put on lipstick and are stupid. They have like two million followers. And I'm like, this is amazing. That idiocy has become the big thing. It's become the bigger thing to yeah. be a complete fucking fool. And we encourage that behavior now. Well, I mean, look at it. We're voting that into government. Why wouldn't we want yeah. like our children? Everywhere in the world. We also go to South Africa first. But no, everywhere there's a fucking fool in government. <laughs> everywhere. Just name the country. Look at him. He's a fucking retard. Before, he, before he gets me banned in Zimbabwe. Ladies and gentlemen, the wonderful Mr. Alfred Adrian. Thank you.